This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Happy New Year, and welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast number 500. Boo-boo-boo, 500. Wow, that wow. is crazy 500 of these. Wow. Hopefully it has been life-changing for most of our listeners. It has been <laughs> life-changing for you and me, I yep, think. Absolutely. I've loved it. In fact, if you go back and listen to episode like one, two, and three. <laughs> um, Please just, don't. Yeah, right. No, but just getting comfortable, you yeah. know, and like we're getting more and more clear and helpful and that's our goal, you know? That is. And, uh, when I'm uh, 75 years old, I just want to be the most helpful and clear teacher on the planet. That's our goal. But this stuff helps. So here we go. So here's our question for today. Is Pentecostalism a sin? <laughs> and the, the person goes on to say, I have a long time, long distance friend who, who has loved Jesus for all of her 70 plus years. Over time, it's become more clear she aligns herself quite wholeheartedly with Pentecostalism. So there is a personal connection there. Uh, in the last podcast, I shared that I have family, distance, fa- distance family, cousins and aunts and uncles that are involved in Pentecostalism. So is it a sin? Every denomination, tradition, etc., has pitfalls, has negative things about it. Have I totally agree. Blind spots um, have habits and patterns that are not great. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where you're. Every one of them, uh, even the best of the best, they have. There is something that can be dug up, yeah. and be criticized about every denomination or every uh, evangelical Christian organization. Yep, you can pick out something. Unfortunately. Again, audience, you got to give me grace, but I think if you listen to this, the, this whole like thought, I don't think you'll disagree. Um, people on the fringes of of theology like Pentecostalism. Mm. Um, the reason they like it is because there aren't a lot of boundaries. Um, Pentecostalism has a history of having all different sorts of people who can affiliate with this word Pentecostal and still be called Pentecostal. Like it's still, so like sometimes you'll meet a Pentecostal who is rooted in God's word. Yes. And they are, they're always going to be charismatic on spiritual gifts, stuff like that. And and that category is where my aunts and uncles and cousins are. Right. But um, all the snake handlers. Yeah, they're, they're panic- not. Yeah, they're, I don't have any of those. Even though they're from right. Kentucky, they're not that that far to the right. You know, but I'm just saying, side. like they would, they're always going to be Pentecostals. You know, yes. uh, almost all of the faith healers, they're Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Almost yep. all of the health and wealth prosperity guys, Pentecostal. they're Pentecostal. Yep. And so um, the woman goes on and says, "Their long distance friend has loved Jesus, but has seemingly bizarre theologies on suffering, healing, and miracles." And so you that get often kind of goes with Pentecostalism. It does. So I could find a warning for anybody about any denomination. You know, if you're mm-hmm. going to go down the Methodist route, you know, watch out for some of their free will theology, some of their um, church hierarchy. Look out for their liberalism. Like mm-hmm. every everybody. You know, but again, just because they say Methodist doesn't mean doesn't mean you can't. You can only conclude a few things, but you can't correct. conclude a lot of things. And so with Pentecostals, I just give them a lot of grace. Um, but if I find out. They adhere to some of the following doctrines. Um, I, I will, I'll call it out. Yeah. Uh, prosperity teaching, mm-hmm. faith healing, snake handling, weird extra hyper fundamentalism, mm-hmm. uh, Pentecostals, um, some sects of it. Um, they have these like propensity for massive amounts of rules and regulations. Oh, yeah. yep. um, pastors who are very uneducated. Um, 
Again, you can find that anywhere, but Pentecostalism just has a way. So this is why um, Pentecostalism is the fastest growing subset of Christianity globally. Globally. Um, yeah. But it is growing exponentially in impoverished countries. Right. And where South America, Africa. Uh, Africa. Pentecostalism, uh, evangelical Pentecostalism is exploding in right. those areas. But there is a concern for the global Pentecostal movement, which is that it's exploding in, in poor areas because by and large, they're bringing with them a prosperity gospel, yep. which is evil. Yes. And so that's what's hard is that Pentecostalism, um, there's two versions of it in my brain. There, There is the version that is rubbing shoulders with evangelicalism, non-Pentecostal mm-hmm, evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. So you get guys like um, Brian Houston at Hillsong, who um, in his early days wrote a prosperity book and mm-hmm. got rebuked like crazy and they reined him in a little bit. Right. But when you hear the guy preach, he just like, he like teeters. On, he doesn't quite go there anymore, right. but he mm-hmm. teeters on the edge. And when yep. you listen to prosperity guys, like this is kind of, uh, or Pentecostal guys often, this is like, it's just like in their blood, you know? And they often use vocabulary that they may not even mean prosperity, but to all the it, evangelicals it, out there, it communicates, yeah. communicates prosperity. It. So like, there is a growing and understandable concern about global Pentecostalism because it has a history of attracting exploiters. Yes. If I'm going to be somebody who's mm-hmm. going to exploit the poor, use Christianity as a way to get rich, I'm going to I'm going to be a prosperity, health and wealth guy, I will almost exclusively identify with Pentecostalism. Agreed. That being said, I know a handful of Pentecostals who want nothing to they do with prosperity with movement. Uh, they believe God heals, but they don't have these crusades where they fake, you know, slap yep. people in the head yes, and, that's right. and put them to the floor. And um, Pentecostalism, though, at the core is a, is an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Um, they would say it's putting the Holy Spirit in his right place. And uh, evangelicals tend to emphasize Jesus. Jesus. The reason we emphasize Jesus is because he is the emphasis of the New Testament. Right. Not to the discredit of the Spirit of the Father, but the Father is lifting up and exalting the name of Jesus Christ. You know, every knee does not bow at the name of the Holy Spirit. They bow at the name of Jesus. And the Pentecostals would say about evangelicals, hey, you you minimize the Holy Spirit while we put him in his proper place. Right. And here's where I want to just like poke here. Yeah. The idea is that the more emotional people get, the more excited they get, the more passionate they get, the more the spirit is controlling them. And it could go the other way as well. I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit works in very interesting ways that are sometimes not connected to emotions. Correct. And that the Holy Spirit does a whole bunch of things. But I feel like um, often the, the, the charismatic Pentecostal movement, if you will, has almost defined for everybody over the last 150 years, no, you know the Holy Spirit's moving because of how it feels. Because it feels and how it looks on the outside. When we look at Scripture and when the Holy Spirit's working, a lot of times people get quiet. Mm -hmm. They contemplate. You know, they self-reflect. You know, they get convicted of sin. That's not an outward uh, example of the Holy Spirit working. It's an inward example. Yep. I I just don't like to pigeonhole him as much or Mm -hmm. say, you know, he's working because of how it feels or the atmosphere I feel or sense or whatever. So, I mean, the question, is Pentecostalism a sin? It depends on which Pentecostalism you're in. I can say that about most denominations, but there is a— greater warning um, above any other evangelical denomination for Pentecostals because it draws the crazies. That's right. And it draws the crazies in droves. And it's mm-hmm. growing globally. The The worldwide evangelical concern is that it's growing um, so fast because it is it is 
prosperity, health and wealth, faith healing mm-hmm. Pentecostalism that is growing worldwide. Now, right. is that exclusive? No. No. Does no. it seem to be from what we can learn about the growth that those are the guys in the front line of this expanding Pentecostal global movement? It does appear, it does appear to be a way. significant portion yeah. of the global Pentecostal movement. And we got to just say this. If you are poor, you are uniquely susceptible to this doctrine, just as if you are rich, you're, you are uniquely susceptible to other false doctrines. Yes. And uh, again, that's just a, a reality we have to all face. So Absolutely um, right. I personally could not attend a Pentecostal church for other doctrinal reasons. <laughs> I could visit one and go to one, yeah, et cetera. I have done. brothers and sisters yep. in Christ who are in Pentecostal churches. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I just for me, I, I probably couldn't do it long term. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. Please come back next time when we answer another question, which is, how should a Christian respond to the NFL players kneeling during the National Anthem?